If you have a dream, it might not happen tomorrow, but if you continue to work and work very hard and stay focused and stay dedicated, it absolutely will happen for you. The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. What do you want to do? What's your passion? Like the quote goes, don't die with your music still playing. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's Ali Beth's Stories. Now here's your host, Ali Beth. Hey everybody, it is Ali Beth on the podcast today. Welcome. I am super excited for our guest today, Amelia Childs. Amelia, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, of course. So a little bit about Amelia, everyone. So she's a graduate of Lesley University School of Art and Design. She was general manager of Squeeze in Boston before opening her own cafe in Newton Highlands. And she now owns and operates the Crepeberry Cafe in Wellesley Hills, which is one of my faves. She also has a really cool podcast that she's the producer and co-host of called Ghost Hunting in New England, which I can't wait to talk to you about. So... Let's start at the beginning. I would love to hear your story of how you went from being a graduate of Leslie all the way up to opening your own cafe that is delicious. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Of course, yeah. So I was in art school at Leslie, and I was studying to be a photographer, and I found when I wasn't in my darkroom, I was at home, like, obsessively baking and cooking and just trying to get recipes right all the time. I had had a couple of waitressing jobs, but I really loved just being in the kitchen. It was kind of how I would relax at home. So when I graduated from college, I was hired straight out into a marketing position, um, doing marketing for Fujifilm cameras um, for a company based out of L.A., but I was working out here in Boston. So I was making my own schedule, and I had some free time. I had a lot of friends who moved out of state, and I just wanted to kind of talk to people more and be around food more. So I got a little job at a very, very small cafe, and it was just part-time. I was making, like, minimum wage. I was just doing it for fun, but I I really loved it, and I started to fall in love with it. Um, But I was doing marketing. I was doing the cafe. I was managing a darkroom on the side, and it just kind of got to be a lot, you know, working three different jobs. Um, as a young person, just trying to kind of make your rent. So I told my bosses at the cafe, I said, I just wanted to, you know, give you guys a heads up because, you know, they, they didn't have a ton of staff that I'm planning on applying to Nikon and Canon and their marketing divisions out of Long Island. So, you know, I, I might not be working here that long. And they asked me kind of, you know, what my goal was with that and how much I thought my salary would increase and everything else. And, you know, I, I talked to them, you know, we were very friendly. And the next day I came back and they sat me down and they said, listen, we know you like it at our store. If you will work here full time for us, we will match that salary and you don't have to leave Boston and you can keep working with food. And I couldn't believe it. I felt like this was like divine intervention on my life. And so that's what I did. I got out of marketing and I just went full time into food. I worked there for two years, um, six days a week. I missed one day of work at that time. That's when I switched over to Squeeze Juice Company. We had four employees when I started. They were in um, a little corner of the Equinox down on Franklin Street in Boston. 
And from there, we just started growing them. Um, they were just doing smoothies when I came on. I revamped their menu. By the time I left two years later, I was a junior partner in the business. We had grown to three locations before their leases signed, and we had over 35 people on our staff. And they've continued to grow since then. They're now out of gyms. Um, they've purchased some other sister juice bars, and they're all over Massachusetts now, which is awesome. Amazing. So, so how did you yeah, transition did. to your own cafe? So I transitioned because as they started to get bigger, I am kind of a small town person. I like small town feels and they were getting really big and I liked it, but it, you know, it's a lot of work when you're doing that stuff. I was 25, so I was pretty young to be doing it all. And two days after my 26th birthday, I got a phone call from the landlord at the little coffee shop I had worked at before saying that, you know, the people I used to work for had left and he wanted someone new to come in and ask me if I knew of anyone. And I said, um, yeah, me, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I'm really young and I don't know what I'm doing. And he said, that's fine. You know what you're doing. So he got me in touch with someone else who, uh, became my investor and that's how I opened. So I opened, um, in 2015 over there and it was great. We had six seats all vegetarian um, smoothies and juices and coffee. And then as that store grew and grew and grew, we had to upgrade a little more. So I actually was able to split off from my business partner at that time. And I came over here to Wellesley and opened the Crepeberry Cafe. That's amazing. And Crepeberry Cafe, as you know, is one of my favorites and it's vegetarian. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into vegetarian too? I'm curious about that. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So I've been vegetarian for 15 years now. I went when I was just 14. I was a little freshman in high school. And I, I, I so long ago now, I don't even totally remember why I did it. But I, I think I just felt really sad about the animals. I knew, you know, global warming seemed to really be occurring. And that's when people were started talking about how, you know, factory farming had a lot to do with that. So I just kind of felt it was the right thing to do at the time. Mm-hmm. And... I, I kept doing it. And I, like I said, I've, I've been a vegan now um, for 15 years. And as I worked into food, one of my philosophies with animal rights has always been you don't want to push your opinions on someone. You know, everyone has their own opinion. Everyone's going to do their own thing. And being pushy or overbearing or forcing someone to see things your way is the absolute worst way in changing people's minds and changing the discussion around it. Mm. So... My goal was, okay, I'm going to open these places, I'm going to have these meals, and I'm going to make it very accessible to people. And if you go into Crateberry or my old store, Broken Grounds, we don't say vegetarian on the walls or anything like that. Like, it's not out on the front. We're just a nice creperie. You can come in, order your Nutella crepe, you can get your avocado toast. You know, it's nothing weird. It's nothing shocking. We just like to make really good food. Everyone can enjoy, and you know what? There happens to not be any meat in that. Um, so that's kind of my way of advocacy, in a sense. Very cool. And um, a little side note, I noticed that there are crystals all over your restaurant, and it gives off great energy. Loving crystals myself. <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. So um, in addition to working in food and doing my podcast, um, I'm also really into meditation and Reiki. Reiki is a form of Japanese energy healing. With that, um, as a Reiki master, we use a lot of crystals and good energy and herbs to 
kind of set um, spatial energy or energy within the body. So, yeah, we have a ton of cool crystals around my store. Thank you so much for noticing that. Wow, I love <laughs> I love crystals. And, and moving from crystals, you created your own podcast called Ghost Hunting in New England, which is very cool. Um, so I know I asked you, do you believe in ghosts? And, of course, you said you do. Of course I do. Yeah. yeah. So can, <laughs> yeah, haunted mansions and ghost hunting. I, I listened to a few of them. Can you tell us a little bit about how that started? Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I definitely believe in ghosts <laughs> and spirits and spookiness. I like mm. the stories behind it. I like the history behind it. And there was, so my cousin Beth and I, um, our grandmother was a psychic and an astrologer. So we like to say we kind of have it in our family a little bit. Um, but there was a haunted, the news came out that there was a haunted market basket up in Wilmington, Massachusetts. And that's my cousin who co-hosts the show with me. We just thought that was funny. So hmm. we said, why don't we just go up to Wilmington to this market basket and just have a fun time? And we stopped in at uh, this restaurant, the Bayberry Cafe, on our way up there. And one of the waitresses were asking what we were doing. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go be ghost hunters and go to the market basket. And she thought that was funny. And she was like, you guys should start an Instagram. And we just looked at each other and I said, we should start a podcast. Hmm. Yeah, we started our little podcast. So we uh, investigate haunted places. We do a lot of history of spots. We tell a lot of local legends here in New England. We interview some really cool people. And yeah, it's just a fun time. We don't take ourselves too seriously with it, though. Hmm. Sounds like almost Ghostbusters. Have you actually seen a ghost? We have seen lots of evidence of a ghost. Okay. We've gotten EVPs before. We've gotten lots of orbs. We have both separately kind of seen ghosts and spirits, but not since we've been doing our podcast. Mm-hmm. Very, very But we cool. talked to a lot of people who have. Very cool. So if there's one quick story from your podcast, besides the Market Basket one, that may really entice, you know, listeners listening right now, what would be one of them? So we went and investigated a home in Weymouth, Massachusetts. Um, It's actually owned by a relative of ours who had been having some um, experiences over the last 20 years. So we went through... And we did kind of an overnight stay. We collected EVPs. We had camcorders running throughout the house. And what was interesting is we actually got a whole bunch of orbs on the cameras. So orbs are like little flying discs of light that come out. And it was interesting because they kept kind of flying around me, mm. which was weird because when we do the playback. So we thought that was very, very interesting. So um, we went through that. We went through all of our footage, all of our sound clips. And then we started doing the history background of the place because we like to do the history after we investigate. That way we don't go in with any preconceived notions of what might be there. Mm-hmm. So we started doing the history after and we actually found out there had been a death in the house about uh, 70 or 80 years ago. A woman had passed away and we kind of felt that was the spirit of her going around. And those have been the footsteps people have heard over and over, especially because the footsteps were always heard around the kitchen. 
area of the home. And wouldn't that be where a woman 70 or 80 years ago would be spending a lot of her time? So we found that very, very interesting. It, and we don't do anything malevolent. It was nothing scary. But yeah, it was, it was very cool. Wow. And then we also have uh, our podcast that's coming out this week is on the Peter Oliver House down in Middleborough, Massachusetts, which is a historic home in Middleborough. So with that, we also got to learn all about um, the loyalists and the revolutionists around 1766 and just the history of the whole area. I mean, it's, it's really interesting stuff. Very cool, especially coming up for Halloween. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll have a lot of great stuff for that. Yeah. Um, so the name of your podcast again? Is Ghost Hunting in New England Podcast. You can find us wherever podcasts are available. You can also check us out online at ghosthuntinginnewengland.com or we have Instagram and Facebook under the same name. Very cool. So just to end our podcast with one question, it seems like you really wound up living your dream, Um, being in the restaurant, owning a restaurant, and doing all these fun things on the side. If there's one thing to tell the listeners to live their dream, what would you say? If they're not living their I, dream right now and they wish they were. I would say never give up on your dreams ever. I have a tattoo that I got that says never give up um, after I had a setback with one of my businesses. You know, it took me to get my first store off the ground. Um, I had been wanting my own store for a while and it took me four years of going to banks and investors and getting turned down until finally it just happened for me. You know, if you have a dream... It might not happen tomorrow, but if you continue to work and work very hard and stay focused and stay dedicated, it absolutely will happen for you. I love that. That's awesome. So love you to tell everybody the name of your restaurant again and where to find you. Yeah. So my restaurant is the Crateberry Cafe. We're located at 352 Washington Street in Wellesley Hill, Massachusetts. Right on Route 16, across the street from the Wellesley Hills commuter rail station. You can find us online at crateberry.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening and grateful for Amelia Childs hopping on the show and sharing all our great information. For more on this podcast, check out AllieBethStories.com or check out on iTunes, Sharing Stories with Allie Beth. Thanks for listening. <laughs>